At Granger, we're for the ones who specialize in saving the day and for the ones who've mastered the art of keeping business moving. We offer industrial-grade supplies for every industry with same-day pickup and next-day delivery on most orders, all backed by real people ready to help. So you can get the right answers and products right when you need them. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Yo, yo, yo. Welcome to Starbucks. I'm your host, Anthony DiNardo. With me, we have Jim Azadi. Jim, as always, happy Monday. Happy Monday. Good morning. It was a, uh, it was a late night last night of uh, football and baseball. So here we are. I'm a little sleepy. Yeah, I'm a little sleepy. But that's okay. Um, it was an unfortunate late night because the Dolphins lost. That sucked. Um, but the Rangers won. They did something that they couldn't do. They they wanted. Actually, no, never mind. They did exactly what everyone's been doing. They they yeah. won an away game. <laughs> yeah, the ALCS has been pretty wild so far. Um, we've got a game seven uh, tonight, and the road team has won all six games. That's so so, so much for that. So much for that home field advantage, I guess. I know, right? But hey, I guess home field advantage ends up meaning so if if Houston can win tonight, then you know, home field advantage, right? But yeah, it's been a weird series. That one's been a fun series. The uh, the Phillies Diamondback. They've both been they've both been really good series. Like I think of the their own little ways. They've each definitely been. They've been interesting. And I mean, Zach Wheeler has just been dominant, and apparently Ranger Suarez also just the most yeah. dominant pitcher in the MLB playoffs history. Because <laughs> of yeah, course, so Philly, yeah, and the Phillies get to go home now, where they've dominated. Right? Um, I don't think the Phillies have lost a home yet, yet this uh, postseason. Or are they five, seven, and zero, oh, something like that? Seven and zero, I want to say probably, yeah. Um, there, that that environment there is pretty is pretty nuts. They're showing so, out these playoffs for sure. So heading back there for two games, like they just got to win one now out of two at home. I find it hard to believe that Arizona would pull it off, but uh, I mean, weirder things have happened. Uh, but yeah, you've got Aaron Nola going tonight for the Phillies. And then Ranger Suarez in a possible game seven. I don't know. We'll see. Yeah, that's that's pretty much I, like where it I, is. Like you said, like yeah. it's in Philadelphia. Those are two horses. Arizona's. I don't. I don't think they have the pitching to do it. It's, it's going to be. Tough I mean, Arizona's got Merrill me. Kelly going tonight, um, and then tomorrow. Tomorrow's probably. 
just uh, like a bullpen game, maybe. Because I don't think Brandon Fott will be ready again. Though, I don't know, like in a game seven situation, maybe he better be ready. Yeah, I mean, maybe maybe you figure it out, but no, it's been it's been a good series. Um, watching watching the playoffs always kind of brings me back to like, you know, when the Pirates were good. <laughs> wow, makes it's a little know, boy, me, little little James. It, it makes me uh, it makes me think about uh, 2013, just the environment, like that Phillies atmosphere. It, it it's it's very reminiscent of kind of like you know just what PNC Park was like, you know, when uh, when Pittsburgh was in it. So. Um, it's fun. It's fun to see like really meaningful baseball. Yeah. Now, just like a weird stat, you know, and like I'm not taking ownership of this. I heard them, you know, they've been talking about it here and there, but like, you know, going back to the ALCS and how every away team has won, like Houston's 39 and 42 at home on the year in the regular season. Like they don't win at home. How crazy is that? They're 51 and 30 on yeah. the road. That doesn't make any 39 sense. Thirty-nine and forty-two at home. That's weird. I hadn't I hadn't known that. Um, oh, that's yeah, that's incredible. That doesn't so like make game any sense. seven, they're in the building that they lose in. Yeah, <laughs> like, so I wonder if you can like, if you're the if you're the Astros, are you like you know what we defer, we defer. <laughs> <laughs> we'll play. We'll play in uh, in, Ar- in Arlington. They should all um, like get a group hotel and just pretend like it's away. <laughs> yeah, that's kind of that's kind of crazy. I wonder what I wonder why that is. Like, I wonder if there's like a specific know. reason, like the way the team's built or something. Because I'm trying to think. Like the, the Astros have a few, you know, really good left-handed hitters, and that ballpark obviously is a little bit better. You know, if you're if you can yank one as a righty, but like it's not necessarily a pitcher's park in any way. Um, except like deep left center or something like that. But no, I, I, that's, that's weird. I don't get that. I don't that, either. It doesn't make any sense. Those are, like, those they're so exactly. good away. So, like, you know, like the fact that they're this good, this good of a record and they lost at home. Yeah. I, I don't see that. Like, I just can't fathom this. Right. But anyways, yeah. So that's interesting. You know, so they're game seven. They're at home. They have a losing record at home. Like, I don't know. You know what I mean? And so now think about who's pitching for the Rangers. Max Scherzer's coming back. He's pitching in Houston where Houston can't win, apparently. Um, yeah, like you're talking about some some game seven spiciness right there. Yeah, that'll be a that'll be an interesting one, too. Um, I mean, the Rangers and Astros are pretty evenly matched. They they were they were both had the exact same record over the the entire regular season. Um, yeah, Scherzer he didn't look too good his first time out. Uh, you got you got to wonder if he's if he's maybe still not built up. He's been been kind of out for a little bit. But uh, Javier going for Houston, and he's been a monster in the postseason. Yeah. Like that's definitely a dude you don't mind having on there for game seven if you're Houston. Mm-mm. And like Max Scherzer's that wild card. I mean, those this is the reason you traded for Max Scherzer. Oh yeah. And he's yeah, here. Like this this is, just... this is this is you get Scherzer for, for moments like this. And yeah, he's facing Christian Javier, who's had pitched in sixteen postseason games, started four games. He's got a two point zero eight ERA in his career in the postseason. He's been He's been really, really good. 
Yeah, in this postseason, a 1.69 ERA. He's uh he's balling out. So yeah, like again, yeah. like this is a I mean, two really good games tonight. Because again, like we're talking about the like game six, but it's in Philly. It's no like it's a it's a, probably the best pitching matchup you're gonna see out of that series or the rest of the series if there is another game seven. Um from there. And like tonight's pitching matchup for the Rangers. I mean, this is all must see TV. It should be. It's the MLB playoffs. But again, like that dynamic uh, Houston, uh, the Rangers could absolutely win this. Like the Rangers have to win two games in Houston, and they absolutely could do so. And they check mark. They they got game six last night in a very uh, fashionable way. Uh, they looked, and Jim, you can attest to it in the group chat. I mean, they looked like they're about to give it up. And lose, uh, they pulled through. I mean, well, bases were loaded with one out down. I'm sorry, up by what two runs? It was they were up by two in the eighth. Two? Yep. yep, things were falling apart. They held through and then they decided to score nine runs. <laughs> All of that, yeah. Sam LeClerc has been, um, has been really good out of the Rangers bullpen. Like the Astros bullpen has been significantly better than the Rangers throughout the course of this series. And that wasn't the case last night. Um, the Rangers, the Rangers, sorry, not Sam LeClerc, Jose LeClerc. He was able to get it done last night for the Rangers. And then uh, Haney came out and closed it out in four pitches. Uh, so, but, but, you know, by that point, game was over. Texas scored five runs in the, in the top half of the ninth inning to kind of put it out of reach. Yeah. That, that series, it's just been wild. Like, those two teams are, they're really good. And I think, you know, when you're watching the postseason, we're a Pirates podcast, so we can kind of spin this to, to, you know, for the Pirates here. You're seeing a pretty common denominator on teams who are in the position that they're in right now and the ones who are, are going to, to, to move on. One, they've got, they've got pretty good starting pitching that you can rely on and and, and it, it doesn't have to be the whole staff like two guys like two right. guys you can the really Phillies. really rely on right um and then you know a third hopefully but you know like a must two um and then on top of that lockdown bullpens we're seeing really good bullpen usage here and that's just something that that kind of gets intensified during the postseason when every single at bat matters you just get you get a lot more pitching changes every you know every pitch means more so you're going to you're going to see a lot of relievers but you've got to have a stable of arms to get through a seven game series cuz there's a lot of innings to pitch a lot of high pressure innings to pitch um and then the third thing you're seeing is all these guys can hit the ball over the fence like yeah and i think that's where if you're the pirates you think okay you know we've got We've got Keller, who we could rely on in a postseason. You know, we've got, you know, Paul Skeens, hopefully, like you draft him for for these. For, this is why you draft him, right? Yep. Now, he hasn't pitched a major league game yet, but that is the reason for drafting Paul Skeens. But then you look at the other, and, and you look at the Pirates bullpen, it's, it's, it's pretty good. I don't know if it's quite to the level of these teams, but it's, uh, it's, it's, it was one of the strengths of the team last year. But then you look at the lineup. And you're like, the Pirates do not have an ounce of the power that these teams have. And, like, the Pirates have a few decent power hitters, right? But, like, the Pirates don't have 
a Jordan Alvarez on their team. The Pirates don't have a Kyle Schwarber or a Bryce Harper on their team. And the Pirates don't have a Corey Seager or a Dulles Garst. Like these guys who just mash balls. Pirates don't have those guys. Maybe, maybe Cruz ends up being one of those guys, but like, we don't know. Dude's, dude's played like a hundred major league games. Right. No, you're absolutely right. I mean, that's that's honestly my biggest takeaway from watching these, you know, and it's not as if like we don't watch baseball outside of the Pirates and such, right? But like this postseason, I think maybe it's it's in our mindset because the Pirates are finally at that position where it's potentially go time. You know, like like winning has to occur. There's no more rebuild. There's no more what pieces can we trade away to get better. You know, it, it's it's approaching time of, okay, it's it's time to get good. We need to start seeking playoffs. And if this rebuild is a success, how good is this team going to be? And and you're exactly right. You're nailing on the head right there. That's that's As I'm watching this, I just keep thinking, like, and I think tweet it out. Can the Pirates be this? Like, can the Pirates be Philly? Because, honestly, like, you look at regular right. season. We talked about this. Like, the Braves Dodgers were the better teams. You know, we wanted to see Braves Dodgers. You know, you talk time and time. Like, you want to see those teams go up head to head. But, you know, we've also talked the postseason is different from regular season. And, you, you know, like what teams built for the postseason. And, like, the Phillies are. The Phillies are absolutely built for it. You know, you mentioned about the pitching depth. You don't necessarily need the depth. I mean, the Rangers, I'm sorry, the Rangers, the Braves and Dodgers both had the depth to get through the season on pitching. But, they don't have them dudes, right? Those two that just are locked down, you know, especially the Dodgers at this point in time due to injuries and cases that are happening. But, yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, like the Phillies absolutely do. Like you mentioned, like, what do you see out of each team? And each team has at least two dudes. I mean, the, Do- the Diamondbacks, are, I think, the perfect example of that. Like they're relying, and that's kind of the issue. Like Zach Gallen hasn't had it this postseason, or at least not with the Phillies. You know, they've been, they've been tearing him up this, this series. Um, which is unfortunate. That's why the Diamondbacks, Diamondbacks are that position. But like when you look at the Pirates and spin it, how can the Pirates get here? And that's when you look and you say like, there's still a lot of work. Like things have to turn. I'm not saying they can't, right? But that bullpen is probably the closest to playoff ready from these teams. Still a ways off. I mean, yeah, like Mitch Keller, you hope you can rely on. But honestly, like Mitch Keller might be like that third dude. Hopefully, maybe he's he's on, right? Like, going into the postseason, he's having a, a run. He's definitely on. But, yeah, like you said, you absolutely need Paul Skeens to be that dude to even have a chance. Yeah, I mean, if you can – I mean, you, you kind of think that Keller and Gallon, you know, Keller and Gallon kind of went head-to-head with each other as far as Cy Young talks for a good, good four months this year. So I think, like, you could say, yeah, like, Keller could be your Gallon. Which is which is fine. Like Gallon was good against Milwaukee. He won a start against Milwaukee. He won a start against LA. But you know they've lost his two starts against Philly. Um, and, and the home run ball has been, been the reason why he's given up five homers um, in his two starts against against Philadelphia. But yeah, like, absolutely. Like you you think you start putting pieces together, and you're like the the Pirates need a lockdown guy. Like they need. The Pirates need a Zach Wheeler type arm. They need an Aaron Nola type arm. They and and Aaron Nola again. He's just been he's been pitching really really well. 
very capable. I mean, he's a he's a he's got a really good track record. This year wasn't yeah. like outstanding for him, but like everyone knows, Aaron Nola is a pretty good pitcher. Um, but yeah, it's it's interesting just kind of watching the games happen and thinking to yourself, like, how can the Pirates replicate this? And I'm not really quite sure. Like, I think there's a path to do it from a pitching rotation standpoint. I just, the offense is the piece where I don't know if the pieces are there for for them to build just a lineup that can grind out seven-game series. I don't know. Against the best teams in baseball. Um, guys got to, guys got to really step up like you need you need boppers and right now they, they don't have any that's the issue yeah but like honestly too like the thing you're t- you mentioned you know, like Jordan and bryce harper the power you know like the pirates don't have the power but think about those two guys too is like they can just flat out hit mm-hmm. it's not you know if you want to go the schwarber route right there's not there's no schwarbers right but like think about schwarber is like he gets on base and he hits home runs and he strikes out you know, more or less you know like Bryce Harper's a dude. Like Jordan Alvarez is a dude. That's why you said like you're hoping Cruz can turn into that. You know, Brian Reynolds is probably the closest to it. And Brian Reynolds is really just like a complimentary piece in these lineups. You know, yeah, I mean, you, I mean, you look at these lineups I, and Brian Reynolds is similar to Brandon Marsh. <laughs> okay. I mean, there are or, or, Nick That's Castellanos, unfair, let's, but let's let's yeah. let's say okay. Nick Castellanos. All right, Brandon go. Marsh maybe up. Uh, Brandon Marsh unfair. Nick Castellanos, similar output. Yeah, and that's he's a fine player. Like Nick Castellanos is is a, is a good player. Yeah, but you need a cast of those. You know, like again, like in going back to like the Dodgers lineup, the Braves lineup. Like Brian Reynolds is one of the guys on those lineups, which is good. Yeah. But that's what we're talking about. Like these lineups are really really good. They're really really deep and they're very talented. You know, and that was like our biggest, I think, concern with this rebuild. We keep talking about the depth of the talent. There's a lot of talent in this organization, but there's like no real stars. You know, like O'Neill Cruz was potentially that one dude. And outside of that, who is there? And so, far, I mean, granted, they got the number one overall pick. So Paul Skeens comes in and now you have that guy. But like, that's what you're finding so far with this, this, rebuild and now you're seeing the playoffs and you're trying to match it up into pieces like that's that's what you're seeing like every every worry we had is coming to fruition right now there's just not a whole lot of actual dudes in this organization i feel outside of like onel cruz potentially and paul Skeens, potentially yeah hopefully some guys can step up but yeah yeah i mean if you're looking at a team that you could could potentially emulate like the Diamondbacks are very similar to what like next year's Pirates could look like. And the Diamondbacks are in the NLCS, but the Diamondbacks look like they aren't going to have enough firepower to get to the next round. And we mm-hmm. could we could be watching if you're watching this on on Wednesday and, and the Diamondbacks took both games in Philly, then you know I'm gonna look like an idiot, but we're idiots. just kind of yeah, right. <laughs> the Diamondbacks are, you know, they're a very young team. They're they rely on speed, defense, pitching, kind of a, a, a you know a bunch of arms. Uh, they've got not a 
ton of power, but like enough where like if they like they'll come up with the the occasional home run. Uh, but yeah, I think like the the Pirates. That's the team if you're looking at the postseason that the Pirate you could be like, all right, like the Pirates could be these guys. But again, could those are those guys going to win a World Series? Right. And like they can't. It's it's possible. That's why baseball is an amazing sport, right? But they definitely look overmatched. Now, also, like we're talking about, I mean, this is the final four of the you know MLB postseason. When I look at it that way, Mm -hmm. being in the final four of the MLB postseason isn't like terrible. Like these are good teams, regardless. Like I don't want to knock Arizona and be like, oh. This is terrible the way they're built, and they're not going to get to. They're not going to get the World Series. Is terrible. Like it's still a good team, but like that's what we're talking about. Like, can the Pirates ever come to sniffing the World Series? And that's, I don't think making the playoffs is that much of an issue for like the Pirates. Like I'm not like doom and gloom. Like this team is terrible. Like this team can make the playoffs. Like I certainly yeah, I mean, see a path for the Pirates to make the playoffs. It's a little bit yeah. easier these days, but it's still. A, difficult task right and 40 percent of the teams make the playoffs now 40 percent. yeah but you know we're talking about the pirate team that's looked pretty awful these past few years but right you know like i i can see this team making the playoffs how far can this team and and there's still ways to go i hate that like label that this is the team that we're talking about like they can still make moves or whatever but you know, that's what we were getting at. Like, how how far can this organization go? And that's what I find a tough task now. Like, there's certainly players. There's talent. How good and elite is that talent to really take the next level? And, and I guess, like, what you can argue, too, though, 2013, 2014, like, like you, you talk about them Pirates back then. Like, there's there were some studs. That, like, Kutch is a stud. Like, we're hoping Cruz can become that, right? You know? But yeah. like, even if he does, I felt like they had, you know, and we talk about time and time, especially Tyler, they had to make some really smart free agent moves. And those guys really turned out. And that's a tough, tough task to ask to like replicate. Yeah. So like these parts are going to have to kind of do the same thing. Like they need to acquire some pieces that are just going to turn into dudes like where's this russell martin where's this aj burnett we need trade deadline marlon bird (laughs) yeah that's um that's gonna be problematic because i feel like those players are more difficult to find right like somehow in 2013 russell martin was incredibly undervalued that doesn't happen today. <laughs> like, you can just pull up Russell Martin's Fangraphs page, and you can see that he played his previous two seasons with the Yankees and put together over nine WAR in those two seasons. And the Pirates were basically able to get him for not a whole lot of money, right? And you, you, but. Without right, like that doesn't exist anymore. Like in 2013, you could like you could get. But in 2013, if you looked at Fangraphs page, he would have looked awful. It's just now, like what the Pirates were finding, right? The inefficiencies is like, oh, this actually has value. And I guess, like further your point, like 
everyone has analytics these days. Everyone's looking. So it, I feel like, yeah, like the, the field is, is kind of level. Like, where do you find these exposures anymore? Yeah. So there's just like, it, it's just tougher. I think the one, the one place you can find them is with pitching. I think you can, you can find pitchers who do something really well and, you know, just have them rely on the things that they do really well. Uh, so I, I think you can, you know, turn around pitching Hitting, it just comes down to like you've got to have a you you've got to have players who are willing to to maybe reconstruct a swing and you're really good at it or you know someone outside the like that's that's like I feel like like that's like the only thing you could do right now is just basically you've got to develop somebody like you've got to turn them them into a dude and it's there's stories that are happening there's plenty of people who turn into yeah, dudes of course. you know. Um, you know, like Yandy Diaz, perfect example for the Rays. Like when the Rays acquired Yandy Diaz, he was just the regular guy, right? And now he's one of the best hitters in the American League. Jim, uh, just go down the the, the Rays roster. Just name every single right. person because that's what they are. So, the, so it's. I think you can still find them, but you just got to be real strategic. You just got to be really good at executing stuff like that. You got to be really good at developing and coaching guys. And so far. We just haven't really seen that. Like, I guess Cabrian Hayes and Jack Sawinski, we could say, hey, these are these are two pretty good success stories um, that this organization's put together. And you know, Hayes has done it for two months, right? So we need to we need to see more of it. But like so far, it looks like he's like on the right page. And and Sawinski, you know, seemingly a okay prospect. Like he wasn't on anybody. Like he he was on the radar, but barely um and he's you know become a productive major league hitter so he was the secondary piece to Tucapita marcano like let's yeah yeah let's so, further your point there he was the which secondary is, piece which is funny because when the trade happened we all said he was the primary piece like none no one uh, no one liked Tucapita marcano except for ben sherrington but right. i digress um yeah so that's just where i I look at the lineup and I even go back to like 2015, 2014, like those Pirates teams, they just had a lot of good players. And like, I just, those guys aren't here. <laughs> like you need an MVP caliber guy. And that's what Andrew McCutcheon was. So like, who's going to, who's going to be the Pirates MVP caliber, caliber guy. Cause right now they don't have one, at least not, not one who's, who's shown it. Um, Who's going to consistently. Be, like, yeah, like who's going to be that supplemental? Like if Brian Hayes guy. does what he's been doing those two months. That that is an MVP caliber, but sure. you're asking for a lot from that. And Cruz is just potential right now. Yeah, I don't think we can really rely on Brian Hayes being like a seven win player next year. But like that's what no. they need. They need somebody to go out there and put up like a six or seven win season. And then they need uh they, they need starting pitching to they they need like workhorses. And Keller looks like that guy. Like Keller, Keller seems like a guy to me who like I want him pitching for me in a postseason. He's a grinder. A, yeah, like I like I want Mitch Keller. Um, but then like they said Paul Skeens, you hope is that guy. But you need you need more bats. You need more, you need you need more hitters. Yeah. Now, if like Peguero can turn into Hanley Ramirez, like that'll help. Yeah. No, <laughs> but that, that's, like, that's, that's the thing. That's that's yeah. part of the like you said. Like right now, you look at the talent level. It's a lot of guys. Like there's talent. It's depth. 
you're going to have to get like that Pagero to turn into those hand. Like you're going to have, like you talk about those success stories. Like they, mm-hmm. this is the point. Like you have to turn these, these guys that look like they could be average dudes into dudes. Like you have to have those success stories. The development has to come. Um, yeah. Like, look to at your sec- point, look- like if Cruz could become like that MVP caliber, only 4% of universities in the U.S. are R1 research institutions, and Temple University is one of them. This means 100% of students have the opportunity to participate in hands-on learning and research with world-class faculty. With over 600 academic programs across 17 schools and colleges, Philadelphia's largest public university provides students with a rich variety of opportunities and propels graduates to succeed in their careers. Temple University. Schedule a campus tour today at admissions.temple.edu. visit for the ones who get it done, the most important part is the one you need now. And the best partner is the one who can deliver. That's why millions of maintenance and repair pros trust Granger, Because we have professional-grade supplies for every industry, even hard-to-find products. And we have same-day pickup and next-day delivery on most orders. But most importantly, we have an unwavering commitment to help keep you up and running. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. I think he's the one that the, the highest ceiling to do so, you know, like Brian Hayes being like a five war player. That's a big success. That's Starling Marte. Okay. You know, like, like you're coming close to, but then mm-hmm. like, who's Neil Walker, who's Pedro, who's like, go down the list. You know what I mean? That's what we're talking about. Yeah. Um, that's what's, that's, what's kind of tough. So, you know, maybe it comes and there's definitely like, okay, with the depth that gives you ammo for trades, you know, you could acquire potentially, but, um, I guess that's kind of what we're talking about. Like they have to have to have to have to nail these upcoming moves that are coming because they can't match up with any of these teams in the playoffs right now. You said the Diamondbacks are the closest, but they got Kelly. They got Zach Gallon. I mean, there's a couple of dudes right there pitching. That's some talented starting pitching right there. Uh, Those two starters are, are better than the Pirates top two starters. Yeah. Yeah. Easily. The Pirates only had two starters. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the, the Pirates with the whole second half of the season was just two guys. Yeah. So they, they basically, you know what it is? They're just get that. That was their way of preparing for the postseason. They were like, you know, what? we're going to have a two man rotation and then we're just going to like piece the rest together. And we they're hated it. You know what? They were ahead of the curve. Right. They're just practicing. They knew what they were doing. This is all preparation. You guys have to go every three days. Yep. Love it. But anyways, yeah. Um, it's been a fun postseason for sure. But in the back of the mind, you know, outside the fun kind of turns into, oh boy, there's a lot of work to do. So I don't know. Yeah, it's it's going to be, like I said, the offseason is going to be a big one. because, And it's not even part of this offseason what makes it so important and and maybe also frustrating at the same time is yeah, the pirates need to go out there and, and acquire better players. Right. But one of the biggest things that needs to happen with the pirates is just the players that they currently have need to need to get better. Mm-hmm. And that's something that we can't see, right. We can see the pirates sign people. We can see the pirates make trades. We can, we can see, we can see these things, right. Like they're, they're like tangible things that happen. Players getting better over the offseason isn't really something we can see, right? We can see Instagram highlights, you know, when when Fred puts up a 
a 30 second video of Mitch Keller throwing 99 miles an hour. And it's like, all right, cool. Well, you know, whatever though, like means absolutely nothing. <laughs> um, we've, but, we've, we've gone through the social media age. Yeah. Just like Gregory Polanco is the poster child of that. Yeah. So don't put too much stock into off season video. Yeah. Like we've already seen some videos of Henry Davis and Joshua Palacios, a drive line. So we've, we've seen those, but it's like, those aren't, they're hitting in a batting cage in a controlled environment where like they're, they're trying to, to hit balls really hard. Like that's what they're trying to do. Um, it's not anything like a game, you know, it's not a game. We're talking about practice, <laughs> not a game, <laughs> but right. so, so like that piece of the equation, it's, uh, it's just something that we will have to wait and see. Like we, we have no idea if these guys are getting better this off season. We hope they are, but we won't know until next year. And, and that's, that's, that's one of the more frustrating parts of this, of this uh, rebuild is because yeah, like we will, we'll be able to see a few signings, but we, the rest of it is a complete unknown. Like is Henry Davis going to be able to hit is Andy Rodriguez going to be able to hit is Leo over Piguero going to be able to hit is O'Neill Cruz going to even be able to, to be the guy that we need him to be like, there's all these questions and we have no idea what the answers are. And we, we will still have no idea what the answers are opening day, 2024. Yeah. No, you're absolutely correct. The O'Neill Cruz, I think one that stings the most. Yeah. Just losing the whole year development, never be able to come back. I mean, you talk about, will he be there? Like, will he be able to play shortstop? That was the question mark to begin with. Now coming off potentially a bum ankle, can he literally play shortstop? Can he move side to side? You know, I'm hopeful that he can, but you haven't seen it. So like you're talking about, this is all stuff that you haven't been able to see yet, that you're being hopeful for next year. So yeah, all these question marks suck. There's certainly optimism. You know, like I think like Henry Davis can hit. I think ND can hit. So I'm hopeful that his offseason is going to get them right to do so. But you're banking on the hopes and not the, oh, yeah, he can, so he will. Appreciate you, Pitt City. Yo. What? Yeah, there you go. Thank thank you. Thank you. We appreciate you watching and listening this, this, uh, this morning. Absolutely. He does says, uh, time for Charrington and Nutting to prove that they ain't full of BS. Uh, yeah, you know what? We to... haven't talked too much about that. I think that's what this offseason – actually really needs to show also you're right you keep hearing that this you kept hearing from the time this rebuild started that i mean nutting's doing the rebuild like he fired everyone more or less because he's tired of seeing all these players go to other teams succeed you know like it felt like from the quotes from nutting that he's starting to get it and again these are just quotes this is just like what he's yeah, right. what he's saying right i mean you got to prove it of course but like what he's saying is Feels like he's starting to get it. You know, even with Fort talking about like he's trying to learn the game of baseball more. Like, you know, not that he's going to be involved and hands on and turn like to a Jerry Jones type of an owner, right. but you know, like that he's trying to get more involved in baseball. Um, you hear the quotes and then sharing, like, you hear that like, they're going to shop at another section of the store and like there's money to spend. You're hearing all this stuff. So I think, yeah, this offseason needs to actually start showing that. Yeah, absolutely. Like they, they haven't spent hardly any money in the last three years. Hardly. They haven't spent any of it. Yeah. Like, like none. Right. So it's like, 
what are we doing? Like now's the time to spend it, right? Uh, so I, yeah, let's let's see what they do. I still feel like they're gonna be like a little cautious. Like I'm not anticipating any anything big, but I could be wrong. Like I I if I'm them, I go out there and I find a multi-year starting pitcher, and there's plenty out there. But in order to do that, you're gonna have to open up those purse strings. Which, which everything they said about before. what this uh, what this upcoming season is, you know, a winning season to them. Yeah. And with everything they said about how like this is different, like the pirates will spend money when needed. They, you know, this offseason should tell us a lot, I think. This this offseason should tell us if it's really more of the same old pirates, or we've learned our lesson. We're we're at a point where we need to start competing and we're gonna do so. And I'm with like I don't I don't think I see like a 10 year 300 million dollar deal coming from the pirates, especially this offseason, right? But like this has to be more than our big signing was Carlos Santana. Yeah. Right. Okay. Like we, we talk <laughs> about like how nice it is to have like an Aaron Nola type guy. Aaron Nola is a free agent this offseason. If you want, if you really wanted an Aaron Nola type guy, you could just go out there and get Aaron Nola. Now he's going to be expensive. Like if you want Aaron Nola, you got to be prepared to spend about one hundred and fifty million dollars. Yeah, same with they've Jordan Montgomery. Done that. They've they've never done it before, so we'll see. Now, granted, they never had a hundred million dollar contract before either, and then Brian Reynolds this year. So, like, there's, there's, again, that's like the bare floor of Brian Reynolds. I know we're trying to like make this a celebration, but like they, they did do that. Yeah. All right. Well, thanks again, Pit City. What we appreciate it. Do we want to move on to actual pirates? Yeah. News? Yeah. Let's move on. Let's just hit up on. Let's hit up. Uh... Let's hit up the Arizona Fall League real quick. Really just want to talk about really just want to talk about Jace Bowen. Um Jace Bowen currently leading the Arizona Fall League in total bases. Uh he has the highest OPS on his team. He's got among qualified hitters. He currently has the eighth highest OPS in the Arizona Fall League. Um, but just to kind of run through um, Jace Bowen so far, 16 games, uh, 64 at bats. He's hitting 359, 423 on base percentage. He's slugging 625. Three home runs, uh, which you know leads leads his team. I believe that even Lee, and it's not first in the fall league, but um, leads his team. But yeah, the guy is crushing it. I think the most interesting part of all this too, on top of the the hitting is he's shown his versatility. Uh, he's played a lot of different positions. I, I want to say he's played like five different positions so far in the fall league, at least four. Um, and so you're seeing the ability to move around the diamond while simultaneously being able to hit, which is a, a very useful skill to have if you're looking to, I don't know, maybe make a 40-man roster this offseason. Yeah. yeah. Um, just put it out there. So he's played these, hold on, yeah. Five games at first, two in center, one in left, seven in right. Okay. So, so five. Philly there. Yeah, five positions. Did I count that right? Um, five? Four. 
Four. Okay. First, and it's all early. The yeah, it's it's early. <laughs> <laughs> if you were looking previously, I think you might have been looking at outfield as a position. <laughs> yeah, that's how five Jay, but, got listed on his his uh, page. But anyway, yeah, Jamie's got a good question though. I mean, he says, yeah. you know, you guys weren't big on Bowen, but do you think uh, this changes things, or is the level of competition still not enough to make him quote unquote intriguing? What do you think, Denardo? Well, here's the thing. You know, I, I think the reason why we use the word intriguing, or at least for me, is because my eyes are on them a little bit more now. You know, and again, we talk about like if you're going to have short sample, you'd rather have it as good short sample than bad short sample, right? And his short sample right now is very good. But also, like you look at the competition, it is very weak still, you know? So I, like the way I guess I look at it, you know, yeah, it's it's been 16 games, but in the 16 games, four doubles, two triples, three home runs, right? He's not striking out a ton, 17 strikeouts uh in those in those games. Like I'm intrigued. I'm not ready to say like Jace Bowen 40 man and Jace Bowen future first baseman or anything like that, right? But it's like, you know what? Of the underwhelming people that the Pirates sent to the AFL, he's the best of them. That's that's kind of where I'm at, and, and he's doing the best of them, uh, and he's doing it at a very, yeah. very good clip here. So, like you said, he's really the only one you want to talk about. Um, but like, it's still Jace Bowen, if that makes sense. Like, that's still where I'm at. Like, I, I don't know if I'm protecting Jace Bowen on this 40 man. I mean, I don't know. Things could change when we really, really want to break down the 40 man upcoming this offseason. But like, I'm not, I'm still not ready to go there with him. So, I would say if you asked me this question two weeks ago, I was firmly in the there's just no reason to protect this guy camp. And and that's just, for, quite frankly, looking at he's an outfielder, right? There's if you're going to play a position that uh, is easily somewhere where you can hide a guy, you know, for an entire 180 day season, the Pirates are hiding three of them. <laughs> it's it's hard to just hide an extra outfielder on in your lineup, right? Uh-huh. Um. Because it's like you, you need a you need guys who could, you can rely on there. Um, he he's played eight games above high A. He still struck out twenty four and a half percent of the time in, in in high A, which isn't a terrible number. But it was his second go around. Like his first go around, struck out thirty two percent of the time. So like, but he 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 got better. Obviously, we're not even really talking about a guy who tore up the league either like we're talking about high a the 23 homers looks nice the 24 stolen bases looks nice but like a 117 what weighted runs created plus we're not like he was an above average hitter in 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 high a um like he he didn't tear the league up so you you look at that and you just say why protect this guy there's there's no one who's going to pick him every single organization has a 23 year old guy who can play outfield who put up a 117 weighted runs created plus in high a like this isn't a this isn't a rare thing to do it's it's extremely common and again probably every team in baseball has a guy like that um jace bowen 
barely is cracking top 30 prospect lists. Barely. It, you know, that that's kind of that's that's the Jace Bowen we ended the season with. Mm-hmm. Now you're seeing him go to Arizona. And like you said, it's a very small sample size, but he's being compared now to some of the better minor leaguers in the game. And he's not only holding his own, but he's like shining among them. Like he's he's looked really good. So if the question is, do you use a 40 man spot on him? I still don't know if it's like if it would be required. Like, I I still don't know if there's teams out there who are going out and using a 26 man roster spot on Jace Bowen. But. He does look like a guy who is more and more looking like he could be a future major leaguer, right? So you got to kind of think, all right, what's the, what's the, like, how do we weigh this, right? If there's a spot available for Jace Bowen on the 40 man and and the Pirates don't have a lot of guys they need to add this off season because they added them all last year. Right. Right. So like if, if you need, if the spots there, I don't see that big of an issue with with giving him a spot. Now I, I know the Pirates are going to be better next year than they were this year, but like this team carried Ryan Valade throughout the whole offseason last year. Like if you did that, you can probably figure out a way to to carry Chase Bowen. Again, we're going to be dealing with much different expectations next year, which comes with loftier um, goals and aspirations for guys on the forty man roster. Mm-hmm. But I think adding Jace Bowen right now wouldn't be a mistake, if that makes sense. I don't think not adding him is a mistake either. Like I th- at this point, I'm good with either way. I still want to see more. You know, the Arizona Fall League still got a few more weeks left. Um, but let's see how he finishes. But I think at this point, he's definitely he's put himself in a position where like you really got to consider this. I still don't think he's someone who's drafted in the rule five draft, but there is that slight chance. And then you are looking at him and you're saying, do we want to make sure this guy's in the organization next year? And if you want to make sure he's in the organization next year, then adding him to the 40 man's the right, the right call. You're hitting a couple key pieces there Four one. I kind of look at him like they're different players, right? And I, I know he played first, but he's more of an outfielder. The other guys I'm talking about are first baseman. But in the same sense, like, did you did they protect Malcolm Nunez? No. Did they protect Mason Martin? No. Did I have more intrigue on those two than maybe Jace Bowen? I I think so. But at the Matt same Gorski time, was another one. That was a no. G- yeah, Gorski. That, that's a really good example. That's a comp I want to use here too. Yeah, Gorski. He was tearing it up. Um, but he was old for his age. Like we talked about that too. You didn't protect him. No, no team picked him up, but like with him, he's now in the conversation, you know? So like, again, you want to talk about the intriguing part. I felt like before the AFL, I don't even want to talk about him. <laughs> like, like, what are we doing talking about Jay Stone? That's what I think I'd have been at now that he's in the AFL and he's doing what he's doing. Right. And we talk, like I said, short sample, you want to have it good. He's at, at least in the conversation. I think, you know, like we can discuss it. We can talk pros and cons. I'm not on board with having him on the 40 man as well. But I think the biggest part about that is what you said too. It's, it's not so much a knock on him. 
it's just where this organization needs to be at. We can't be talking about Jace Bowens. This team needs to be good. This team needs to be shopping. We can talk about right in the other part of the store. It's not the Jace Bowen store. Like we can't, if this team is going to be good, we can't worry about the Jace Bowens of the world. If Jace Bowen becomes a major league player, good. The Pirates have 60 of those guys. They need some dudes <laughs> like we're talking about. Like we keep talking yep. about the depth, the depth, the depth, right? I'm not worried about losing Jace Bowen. That's where I'm at. So if he is on the 40 man, I think I would be a little bit disappointed unless they feel like they can. Maybe not so much a valet situation, but like he's on the 40 man, but maybe he's a casualty after, right? Because we know like maybe the winter meetings will be different, but like signings keeps happening like later and later and later. So maybe they feel like they can have him on the team and then. So I think if he gets I think later, yeah, I I think if he gets added, he stays on just because like there's if you're talking about outfielders, there's Kanan Smith and Jigba. There's Joshua Palacios and there's Miguel Andujar. If you DFA any of those three right now, they probably Mm -hmm. all clear waivers. So it's like. There's other casualties that you can have other than. No, I I, I agree, which again Um, goes to my point. I'd rather him not. But whereas Jace Bowen, if you DFA him, he doesn't clear waivers. He gets picked up by another team and stowed away in their their system. Mm -hmm. So I but no, I, I, I agree with you in that, like, I I don't think we need necessarily worry about this if like this doesn't have a whole lot of impact on next year's team i don't think it has a whole lot of impact on future teams either like i'm still thinking jace bowen's ceiling see absolute ceiling is fourth outfielder right like yeah. he's still not a starting Soon outfielder first lefties probably so you think of it this then another way we mentioned like how do you make this team better well this team's acquired a lot of prospect depth and jace bowen is part of that one really good thing about the Arizona Fall League is every single team is there scouting their guys and your guys. It, I think right now, if I'm the Pirates, I'm hoping another team has taken notice of Jace Bowen and has said, you know what, that's a guy we want. And the Pirates can then trade Jace Bowen for someone who is going to help them next year. I, I think that's the play here, and he's getting a ton of exposure, which is great. He's playing really well, which is great. Hopefully, they can can kind of utilize this as draft capital. I, I I think right now that's where Jace Bowen's highest value is. Is he's getting he's doing this in front of scouts for every single team. He's performing well, uh, and there may be a team who wants who 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 is fine with giving up a 40 man spot because they're not looking to compete next year. And they're saying, yeah, give me, give me Jace Bowen. We'll put him in double a and, and see what happens. I agree. You're probably right. Like his best, his best way of finding success for the pirates, for the pirates to trade them <laughs> and acquire yeah. what they actually need. Um, yeah. So, so more articles, Mayo, let the teams notice and let fan base notice him. Let let fan bases like pound the table for a Jace Bowen trade in their system. So Charrington can make that deal to acquire and probably package somebody, you know, some other piece to get what they really need. Yeah, you're probably right. 
I don't know if he's at that level either with other teams, but hopefully maybe someone is and they worked it out. But at any rate, you know, again, like I don't want to knock on Jace Bowen. Like he is having a fine season. Um, and then in AFL, he's having a really good, you know, time out there right now. Um, definitely getting noticed. I think he should be more known amongst Pirates fans now, right? Like take a little bit of notice. But again, like I don't yep. want to overhype what he's doing. He's still a 23 year old playing in a, a little bit lower of a level than he probably should be you know like now he's in the afl and again we talk about the pitching in the afl it's not i mean yes, there's some talent right there's some top prospects mm-hmm. but overall again if we really want we could talk about the pirates pitching they have in there and it's terrible and again like that's who jace bowen's facing is like the other team's jc flowers right so right. It, it's almost in a sense like he kind of should be playing pretty well over there so it's good that he is but he probably should be doing this. Yeah, I, I think, and, and you brought up a good point a little bit ago where you just look at the Pirates last few times that they've ran into a situation like this and they they haven't added, they haven't added Jace Bowen-like prospects to their 40-man. Matt Gorski, Malcolm Nunez, Mason Martin. Uh, we can even talk about Blake Sable. Blake Sable, Frazier. Blake Sable played catcher right and was a better hitter than jace bowen and they didn't protect him right that's now, he, yeah that's he got fair. drafted he got drafted but like blake sable was a better was a better hitter than than jace bowen so yeah i think just by by seeing that and remembering that i'm not quite sure if he's 40 man material for this team yet but i'm certainly interested in trading him and using him too to acquire major league talent. Yeah. I think that's, uh, that's a real possibility. Fully agree. All right. Well, then again, outside of Jace Bowen, is there anyone we want to talk about? <laughs> Jack Brannigan. It's been a rough power. Go. Yeah. Jack Brannigan. some showing some power, but he's, uh, he's striking out just a crazy amount. Um, Carter Benz yeah, hasn't played strikeouts a lot. for him in 48 at bats. Yeah. It's not Carter Benz hasn't played a whole lot, but he is hitting the ball when he does play. But no, Jace Bowen's the only guy to really talk about down there. Yeah. Uh, I said Jack Brannigan is worth having on your radar. Um, good defense, good power, but the strikeouts are, you know, a little a little crazy. He's the opposite, I think, what we talked about. Um his short sample is bad. Like it's still a short sample, and what he's done, like there's still reasons to pay attention to him as a prospect but in his short sample for arizona fall league it's really bad that's if you have a small sample you don't want it but the strikeouts are what's really concerning about him though as well yeah and and that was the issue with him this year in the minors too he struck out 33.5 percent of the time in high a and now it's worse year two out of college like yeah it's not not ideal yeah and like as far as the pitching goes it's it's bad. Don't even want to talk about any of the pitchers. <laughs> There's just no, no point. No point. <laughs> if you want to go look up how the Pirates pitching prospects are doing in the Arizona Fall League, by all means, go ahead and do so. It is not worth mentioning on this show. I think uh, collectively they have more walks than strikeouts. Maybe more runs than strikeouts also. Yeah, again, not, so not, that. not really worth discussing. <laughs> no. All right. Uh, well, outside of that, that I guess 
Any predictions for tonight? Who wins game seven? Uh, you know, I'm going to go Astros and Phillies. Hold on. Jim's picking the Astros. I'm picking the Astros. Astros and Phillies. All right. Well, I'll go Rangers and Phillies. There we go. There it is. All right. Well, appreciate everyone. And also, again, Pitt City, thanks once again. But uh, we'll be back this week. Oh, the fanboys are going to be Wednesday. Jimothy. Oh, nice. Okay. I'm looking forward <laughs> to that. Yeah, fanboys yeah. will be this Wednesday. Yeah. So tune in. We'll have that. Um, and then the usual. So we'll see you later. Bye-bye. Hey, guys. Hey, you all. Thank you for watching. I know we try to provide the most entertaining content that we can, uh, and we'd love to spread it to as many people as possible. So uh, I know it doesn't seem like a lot, but if you could take the five seconds to like this video and subscribe to the page, it helps out so much more than you know. Thank you, and let's go Bucks. Oh,